Thank you to all members of my Patreon community for supporting this podcast. If you like what you hear and are not a member yet, please consider signing up today at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. We offer a variety of monthly reward tiers, and discounted annual memberships are available too. Beginning at the $1 level, you can listen to Digging for Justice, my exclusive DC Movie Rewatch podcast. Click the link in the show notes for more. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast goes a long way and only takes a second. You're also welcome to join the conversation on social media via the links in the show notes. Last but not least, we are an affiliate of BCW Supplies, so the next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. That's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions. It helps support the show too. Thank you. Since the beginning of this podcast, almost 100 episodes ago, I have been mining my 30-year Superman fandom, starting with that tattered red cape, within the larger context of the character's rich 85-year mythology, examining, discovering, and reconsidering the creative visions that have shaped the last son of Krypton. Now, our milestone 100th episode beckons, and the journey continues. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss Superman and Lois Season 2 is one of the hosts of Always Hold On to Arrow, Lance Laster. Welcome back. Hey, how are you? Glad to be back. Happy to have you back. Last time you were here was months ago. We talked about the Justice League Power Rangers miniseries. It was a little bit of a backdoor pilot for my Power Rangers podcast, Summoning the Zords. Uh, That was a lot of fun. The new podcast has been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to having you on that one in the in the not too distant future. And we've been talking about uh, what you're going to come on for. I think it'll be a lot of fun. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Should be good. Nice. Of course, here we are now for some Superman talk. Superman and Lois specifically. So a lot to unpack here. This will be sort of a retrospective of season two. Mm-hmm. I, of course, watched it as it was as it was coming out. And then over the past few nights, I rewatched the whole season just because I wanted it all fresh. I wanted to see how it played on rewatch. Mm-hmm. And I want to get your takes on everything. I just want to say it. I enjoyed it the first time around. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it on rewatch. I thought it held up okay. great. Some of the things that that kind of bugged me a little bit the first time around. Most of those were kind of smoothed out this time around. I still have a couple yeah. couple quibbles, which we'll talk about. <laughs> but overall, <laughs> I found it to be a very satisfying, fulfilling season. And I'm not ashamed to say, especially in that finale, man, it got me. I was, I, I would, I would say oh, I was just tearing up a little bit, but I was like, it was a little bit more than that. I, really? I, I got kind of emotional. I got kind of emotional. Okay. Yeah, all of the. All of the parent-child farewells when when it seemed oh, like that was going to be it, especially gotcha. as a dad, as I say all the time on the show, it really, yeah. it really, it really hit me hard. So we have a lot to talk about, but let me toss it to you first. Just sort of overall impressions uh, of this season, especially as you were watching it while while it was airing. Like, what was your your sort of big picture take on season two, especially compared to the first season? Like, did it did it live up to the first season? Surpass it? Was it a letdown? What was your take? I think it, it lived up to, to to season one for sure. I think it maintained the same level of quality and excellence that season one was, in my opinion. Uh, I love this show. It is uh, priority viewing for me uh, when when it is when it is on. I think the biggest quibble that I have with uh, with the show in general is the fact that like they take these long hiatuses, and I'm just like I just I'm like 
legit starving for more episodes. And so it's like, let's, let's go. Like, I'm very excited about this show every, like every single week. I can't wait to watch it. Um, I think it's really well done, really well handled. I think that, um, you know, there's always all these talks you hear all the time about like, you know, we need to make Superman, you know, more interesting. We need to modernize Superman. We need to do all this and this and that. This show is the one that I think gets it and does it like in the best way. And um, the things that people complain about and want from Superman, especially some of the, some of the vocal people out there who are uh, very anti or, uh, or for pro whatever take that they want. uh, This is, this is the best option for that. I think this show, Um, I think it encapsulates like, you know, Superman as, as, as he ought to be, as he should, as he should be. Um, And it has everything that, that a lot of fans want, I think. Well said, man. I I agree with all that. And I've said this before, and especially when we talked about the first season, but it's such a great example. And I know, of course, the comics have given Lois and Clark a son, John. And so we've seen Mm -hmm. that in the pages of the comics as well, but specifically on the show, as we know with comics and these characters generally, there, there often isn't a lot of movement or change or forward momentum. And what you see on this show is, is how they're able to retain the core of the character yet Mm -hmm. move the mythology forward and open up this whole other pocket of his character. And it, it it works. It works on its own. It works for fans of Smallville like you and me, Mm -hmm. right? Where no, they're not in the same continuity, but you, you, you watch this and you can sort of use that other show to fill in some, (laughs) fill in some blanks in in a spiritual sense, as far as, you know, maybe some of the, some of the weirdness that Lana is always referring to that went on in in Smallville back in the day. (laughs) So it's great. And look, I grew up with the triangle era Superman comics and you okay. definitely get the sense there's a lot of love for that era in the writer's mm-hmm. room. Uh, a lot of the polls. I mean, Mitchell Anderson comes straight from the death of Superman storyline, yeah. a very different character, really just mm-hmm. the same in, in name only, but nevertheless, you get a lot of polls like that. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of the show as we're recording this and this will come out a little bit before season three starts. Obviously we're in a bit of a nebulous state right now. News could drop between this recording and the release. I don't know. Very true. I'm heading into the third season, assuming this will be the last, hoping that they are able to give it some closure and go out strong. Mm. And if a fourth season materializes, great. But given all of the flux with CW and Warner Brothers Discovery, it's hard to see a season four, but you never know. But yeah, I, you know, (laughs) um, you're, you're, you're right on that. And I think you have the right approach, uh, going into the season is just to uh, like go in already and understanding that this is probably the last dance, right. To, to, to borrow from another, another favorite media source of mine. Um, so this is probably it. And so it, no, going into it, knowing that I think might help with, uh, digesting this season. And I think, and hope that the, creators all probably understand this as they were as they were as they were making it this this, this season and i'm because I'm, they seem to be pretty with it so i i think they would take this into consideration uh in their production for it yes but before we we dive fully into season two just a general question for you because i know you're a texas guy and i know mm-hmm. one of the one of the shows that was often cited as as an influence on superman and Lois. i certainly see it was friday night lights and i was a huge fan yeah. of that were your friday night lights guy do you see do you see the comparisons or, or, or what? 
Um, yeah, in a lot of ways, I do like just in you know some of the some of the the ways it's shot, some of the the, the color palettes that are used on the show, the way it kind of looks um, is is reminds me very much of Friday Night Lights. Um, and to answer your question, yes, uh, I love Friday Night Lights. I'm uh, it's my favorite TV show. Um, a lot of people don't really <laughs> don't know that, and they're, they're surprised to hear that. But it is my favorite TV show. Um, and uh, yeah, it's I, I can get a lot of those vibes from it. Now, obviously, there's not as much football um, because it's not. But you know, but football plays a role. That's that's <laughs> and uh, and it, it as it did in, in Friday Night Lights. But I, I can definitely see that comparison being made. Friday Night Lights. I wouldn't put it at my absolute top the top of my list but it's really up there it's so oh, yeah. high up there and i'm so overdue for a rewatch and now a few of the couple of the cast members are doing a rewatch podcast I, i'm kind of mm-hmm. like oh, i kind of want to get back get back into it man, so good man rewatch podcasts are like with the people who are on the show uh is is coming in vogue now and so hopefully like you know some 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 arrow alums will, will will do one and then you know maybe i could take a page out of uh our friend zach's book and you know and, and get get on their pot rewatch podcast because uh, man that'd be fun. That would be so fun, and I can't. Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't I think be it's like who? I'm trying to like who 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 could you foresee from the Arrow world launching something like that? From the Arrow world launching a podcast about Arrow. Hmm. Steven would be a guest. Steven wouldn't do it himself. Right. Yeah. No. Um, neither would Emily. David Ramsey's too busy. Um, I can see Colton Haynes being the host. Okay. I could see that. And he has enough, he has a lot of fans and he has a lot of cachet. So he get a lot of eyes on it and ears on it very, very quickly. I think, I think Colton Haynes is probably the pick. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put that out there. We'll see. What about uh, Mr. Mr. Terrific? What Echo? Is that his name? Oh, Echo Kellum. Yeah, he'd be another good choice. Um, Rick Gonzalez would probably be the, like a really good podcaster, but he's he's on Law and Order now, so like he's he's super legit. <laughs> he he is. He's on organized crime. I got to tell you, this is such a tangent, but whatever. Yeah. So, I, like probably most people, right? Like I ebbs and flows with my watching of Law and Order over the decades. Same. There were there Same, was a stretch yeah. years ago. I watched it all the time, and then not for a long time. Yep. And now, the past couple seasons, since Chris Maloney came back, like I've been watching organized crime. I've been watching SVU again. It's yeah. And what's funny is it's look. I watch a lot of stuff for the podcast. That's one thing that I just watch and just my, to enjoy. And my wife, it's like the one thing my wife and I don't watch together. It's just like I just it's like relaxing, but it's, it's grisly to watch. So mm. it's, it's it's kind of odd, but it's just it is. It's not for any purpose other than just to watch something and just I to watch it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so superman and lois season two so this was a season and we can jump we can jump around we don't this is not an episode mm-hmm. by episode breakdown we don't have to go chronologically we could jump around but this was a season that gave us a huge doomsday tease it gave us a version of bizarro and bizarro world it gave us a very obscure version of, of parasite mm-hmm. uh and then uh, sort of on the on the character front we had the deterioration of the uh the the lana and kyle relationship we had john kent huffing ex-kryptonite and giving himself powers. We had the developing relationship between Jordan 
and and Sarah and the strain that his secret was putting on them. Uh, we had Superman at odds with General Lane's replacement at the DOD. As we mentioned uh, Mitch Anderson. Uh, a, a lot going on. We had the arrival of uh, Nat from John Henry's world and all of the emotions that that brought up for, for her and John Henry and Lois. So there's a lot, a big season, a lot going on. The first question I want to pose, this is, this is something we talk about quibbles. Like this was something that I want to, I want to ask you. So in the first yeah. season, we had this big bait and switch, right? With captain Luther who turns yeah. out to be John Henry. Now I was totally on board with him being captain Luther. I'm like, this is a great take on the character. Lex is my favorite mm-hmm. villain. I'm there. And then we got the reveal and I was even happier because John Henry has not had many, many on screen interpretations. I am a fan of the Shaq movie, but yeah. You don't see a lot of John Henry. So I was thrilled. And I love this take on John Henry. So I was thrilled as could be. This season, we, we got something similar with, with uh, a huge doomsday tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, we end the first season with, with, with the, you know, the, the, these quakes beneath Smallville. Something's trying to get out. We see that, the, that gloved hand. It's like, oh, my God, yep. it's doomsday in the containment suit. We, you know? Yeah. The, uh, you know, right off the bat, I'd, like you were talking, you were breaking down the season. I was like, well, we have to like, we have to talk about the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is the, the ultimate doom, doomsday tease for about, cause be, because for about three episodes, three or four episodes, it was like, holy crap, are they going to do this? And I was like, if they do this, this is automatically S tier. Like if they, if they do this and pull this off, this is amazing. Um, and I could not believe that they were going to do it. And um, we, we, you know, they use their, as Zach would say, they used our comic book knowledge against us uh, because the the look of the suit was was the doomsday was that doomsday suit. Uh, like everything about it was just like, oh man, this is this is totally going to be doomsday. They're doing it, um, you know, on live action properly um, and uh, and doing it on TV on a TV budget. So like, man, this is like even this is even better. And then it's like, nope, okie doke, it's, <laughs> it's bizarro and. You know, kind of like I've been saying, and, and Kevin and I have been saying on our show, um, we've been talking about season five, uh, and for most of our talk on season five, we kept saying, you know, it should have been Tommy, and uh, <laughs> talking about Prometheus, and it probably should have been Tommy, but Josh Segura is so good that it makes us kind of forget about that and just kind of roll with it. It was like, you know what? He's so good at good as Prometheus. We're going to let that slide. I think of season two the same way we got the rug pulled out from underneath us with the doomsday stuff. And as exciting as that would have been, they gave us bizarro and the bizarro was cool. It worked. So I'm, I'm going to roll with it. Uh, well said. I, and I think that's probably where I land too. I, I think I'm mostly at peace with it. Not as mm-hmm. at peace with it as I think you are. I think you're in a better place <laughs> with, with, okay. with, with how it sh- with how it shook out, but I'm, I'm, I'm okay overall. I mean, look, my my audience knows Death of Super is what got me into comics. It's a huge thing for me. So mm-hmm. to 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 be building towards that, and then like you said, to have the rug pulled out, I definitely felt a certain way. Mm-hmm. I guess the question I have is this: this whole bait and switch. And now as we're heading into season three, and I know you know our mutual friend Zach, he put up a poll on Twitter. It's like, who do you think Bruno or you know Chad Coleman? Right, he's allegedly coming in to play Bruno Mannheim. It's like, who is he actually playing? And so oh, like our, our our guy from Arrow. Yes. But so like that, church. But, but so I guess my question is, is it, where's the line between, uh, I, I don't know, overdoing it or, or, you know, misstepping and, and continuing to have this bait and switch versus like, this is just their thing. And it's just part mm-hmm. of the show is that there's going to be some sort of trick. I don't know. 
I don't know how I feel I, about this. Like every, going in every season, being like, oh, I wonder what the what the trick is going to be. Honestly, I think it's a CW thing um, <laughs> because like there's always two versions of something, right? Like you know, Smallville. There are two Doctor Hamiltons. There are you know two of you know fill in the blank on Smallville, right? Because uh, you know went friend for ten years. That's just the first example that popped in my head. Arrow. There are you know three, four, five black and air people that that have had the title canary, right? Like there's like all these different bait and switches that are happening on these shows all of the time because they, I think, and I think this is just the way that Hollywood does stuff, right? Like they, and especially when they're adopting, adapting these things, they don't think they can do the big idea, you know, when they want, to, when they, uh, like when they initially start doing something. And so they just kind of tease a version of it just to, as like an Easter egg. And then they just kind of like zag and just go a different direction. But the thing is, um, you know, unfortunately slash fortunately, they stick around long enough where they end up doing the, being able to do the thing. And it's like, well, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's a weird uh, catch 22, right? Cause like they didn't think they'd be success, successful enough to do, to pull off what they wanted to try. So they just kind of hedge on it. And then they are end up being successful enough to where they actually do it. And it's not as good as the thing they teased first. It's a weird dynamic, but that's what, what ends up happening. And honestly, to, to, to fix all this, they probably, they should just go all in every single time instead of just kind of hedging their bets, right? If they wanted to go big, just go big or go home all of the time. Um, and I think you will in, in you know, you will be eventually rewarded for it, I think, um, unless it just, you know, it's just awful. And then you and then you learn your lesson. But I think people in Hollywood are afraid of learning a lesson because, the, you know, the investors, especially the people that, that invest in these things, put too much money into it for them to uh, to have be patient enough to learn a lesson because they've those people have already taken their risk to make their money. And now they don't want to lose any of it. That that's an apt analysis, and and I think that probably accounts for it at, at least in part. And but to your point about going all in, I, I agree. And especially these days, where I'm not breaking any new ground here, we're seeing series run for fewer seasons. Individual seasons mm-hmm. have less episodes. In terms of holding something back, it's it's sort of becoming this thing of like holding back for what? It's like you kind of got to yeah. you kind of like you said, go all in and, and put it all out there. Yeah, I, you just got to do it. I will say, in fairness, and this was how I kind of made my peace with it, especially watching it again, they ultimately gave us a version of the story. Like, they gave, like, for those few episodes where you thought it was Doomsday, you had that experience Mm -hmm. of feeling like you were watching a a version of a Death of Superman adaptation. Yeah. That battle at the mines, when, Mm -hmm. as it turns out to be, Bizarro is in that containment suit and you think it's Doomsday. And the two of them are going at it for those few minutes. I, I turned to my wife. I was like, that's the that's the doomsday fight I thought we were gonna get on Smallville. And they did it mm-hmm. here. You know, even though it ended up being bizarro. And as soon as that that, you know, that helmet broke and you saw it, yeah. you know, it was but for those few minutes, I had that experience. And so, mm-hmm. and later on in the season, we had a, a couple of versions of a world without Superman type story, yeah. you know, when the military takes him out and, you know, when they, you know, use the red, uh, the, the, the red, uh, the red sun, uh, on him. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like he's laid out, like he's in a coffin and they're wheeling him, yeah. you know, to be taken away. And then of course, when he's stuck in the bizarre world for a month and you see how everyone deals with that, with him not being there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're giving you versions of this and I, and I can appreciate that. And I think that ultimately allowed me to, to make, make peace with it. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got to you got to pay attention to the to the nuggets that they're giving you sometimes, especially like on TV. Now, like, you know, 
granted, like I'm a big proponent of, of saying that like, you know, TV and movies, especially at this day and age are very, are too similar to, to, to think that they're different in a lot of ways. Cause there used, there was a time when, you know, like one was the lesser of the other as far as like entertainment, but now like everything is, is everything's on a level playing field. And so, and, and, and it annoys me when people think that it's that, that, that it's not, but that's a different discussion for a different day. But in TV though, they, they, even though like the, the, the playing field is more level, the, um, the stuff that goes into it is still lesser than movies. And so when you have, when you take that into consideration, you gotta be uh, appreciative of some of the stuff that they try and do uh, when they do it well. No, and that's the thing. And I can appreciate the story that they were telling. And look, uh, as much as one day, I really hope <laughs> to see the story that got me into comics adapted properly on television. I do think that is the best way to do it in an episodic format. But at Absolutely. The, but at the same time, and especially in the context of this, uh, this show, in terms of what they're going to get more mileage out of, it, it probably was the story that they told this season. And so they gave us enough of those elements of Doomsday and Death of Superman, where again, you can kind of have that experience and then it becomes something else. But you, yeah. know, you can enjoy it for those moments. I have to say, though, the idea of Doomsday in the containment suit, uh, the next time, uh, who knows, the next time we'll have a Superman, sh- a live action a Superman TV series. But I feel like that's mm-hmm. an effective, a more cost effective way <laughs> to to sort of realize the character on screen. It's still an iconic look and you can, yeah. but you can spend a little bit more time and not have to do the full monster, right? And maybe mm-hmm. save a little bit on, on your budget. Like, I feel like that was a clever, you know, that was, that was a clever way to do it. It works. It was, Yeah. Yeah, they they have to be clever when you have different resources, right? Um, or when you have less resources, right? This is why you know baseball references. This is why Moneyball is a thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, again, we mentioned, of course, that you host Always Hold On to Arrow. Uh, you must have felt so at home when Jordan started throwing that hood on uh, to, to. Oh yeah, <laughs> to yeah. Go I, was, into I, was action. Wait, I was I was waiting for my music. I was waiting, wait, waiting for my pulsating, my pulsating rhythmic workout music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, again, so so much to talk about. So you know, again, that's certainly the the doomsday of it all, and sort of where I've landed on uh, on that front. As far as their take on Bizarro, how did you like that aspect of the season? And there too, again, we're talking about a bait and switch. At that point in the season, when we get the Bizarro reveal, I'm like, okay, Bizarro is going to be our antagonist for the season. And Bizarro mm-hmm. uh, only has a finite role to play as well. But how did you like this version of Bizarro? And and what, how do you feel about the character generally? Um, Well, in general, how I feel about the character, it's, he's, he's a little, he's a little janky. Um, and, and the thing is they make him that way because they make him into like, he eventually kind of, becomes this kind of like kind of comedic type of character and some of the adventures that they have him in end up having a little bit lighter and comedic tone especially like when you go to go to bizarre world and th- and things are kind of played for a laugh like the speaking backwards up is down uh you know day is night that type the whole seinfeld thing right when they're talking about bizarro stuff um and so and so a lot of that is played for a laugh and this made it like it was kind of like the you know like a like a sam raimi version of 
of Bizarro World, where like it's a little twisted, right? And like a backwards version of you is like backwards in the in the you know metaphysical sense, right? Like as as opposed to like like a, a literal sense. It's like it's like oh, like if you are a good natured and caring, kind person on you know regular sphere Earth, on Bizarro World, you're you know like just like a, you're an angsty and um and you know. You know uncaring a non-empathetic type of person like it's like it's like oh they went that way with it like that's that is interesting and that's an interesting take on what you know bizarre a bizarre version of yourself could be like um and and of course the whole theme you know throughout the show especially with the boys and like with with all the characters like who am i in this world what is my place what is my role and um all of that all of that makes sense um, you know, with Superman, like, you know, he's like, I have to earn this every single day. Like, what does that like? We get to see a bizarre version of him as somebody that like sought the fame and sought the fortune and sought the attention and the stuff that he doesn't do, the stuff that we like Superman for, he was doing the opposite of on the, on the bizarre earth. Like, it's like, oh, and like an unconfident Lois, a Lois that was like just kind of staying at home and not doing stuff and just kind of, kind of meek in, in the presence of Superman. It's like, no, like the Lois we love is the one that stands right at him, tells him what to do and, and lets him know what up that's the lowest that we love and so when we see that lowest it's like well, that's this is interesting this is an interesting take i like it it's not just that the earth is a cube and like we can get a joke in in and out of here and I'm, I'm all for jokes but you know this is a it, they did an interesting take on it where they did not play it up for comedic effect because the show is not played up for comedic effect and so they kept it within the tone Absolutely. I, I agree. And I, I too, I really dug this version of Bizarro and, and Bizarro World. I, I've talked about this on the show. Generally speaking, that the whole Bizarro of it all uh, it, with Superman generally doesn't really light my fire. There are certain instances, and I, I continue to hold up Superman the Animated Series as my favorite iteration of, of Bizarro. I love the way mm-hmm. he was utilized there and sort of this the, the blend between comedy and tragedy that, that you can get with that yes. character. And here, like you said, yeah, we're not leaning into the, the comedy aspect, but this is a, a tragic depiction. And, and it was really interesting the way they structured this season where you meet Bizarro first and you don't know any of this. You know, mm-hmm. you don't know any of this backstory. And then we start to peel back the layers. And especially when Clark spends his episode on Bizarro World and you get all of yeah. these flashbacks and you see how everything fell apart for him, uh, even down to his physical condition, right? Huffing the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the green kryptonite and it, it, you know, it turns his skin white and cracks and yeah. all that. And, and you see how he turns into this monster that we had met earlier in the season and, and, you know, who, who you know, was killed, uh, you know, at the hands of, uh, of Mitch Anderson. And, and so getting that, yeah. you, you, you know, you really, you, you have that, that tragic aspect and you see again, these differences that led him down the wrong path. Uh, again, the fact that they went public, right? The family went public. There was no secret mm-hmm. identity. And like you said, sought the fame, sought the endorsements and the magazine covers and yeah. priorities were askew. And he became we, Homelander. Yeah, yeah. And when we get the, uh, I guess, but the earliest flashback on, on Bizarro World where uh, Bizarro Clark, is, Cal, is talking to Tal Rowe, right? And he talks about, oh, mm-hmm. we bought this farm in Smallville, right? You don't get the full backstory, but you know this wasn't where he was raised, right? So who yeah. knows what the you know what the values were that were instilled in him? Mm-hmm. Clearly not the same. And and I, that's one of the things that I really loved about this season, just generally, was there are a lot of instances where it really tapped into the core of what makes what makes him Superman. Yeah. Um, when, when again, while talking about while we're on Bizarro's world, Bizarro World, and 
he has this the the, the final reckoning with Mitch Anderson, right? This guy who they've been at odds for the, for this whole season, and you know Clark's still talking about helping him. And, yeah, and well, yeah, because Anderson has that great line. It's just like he's like all those awful things I did and said to you, and you still would have saved me anyway. And, and Clark just looks at him, just matter of factly, yeah, buddy. Like, wh- like, why didn't you understand this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, every life is worth saving. Yeah. So, I mean, a, a, a lot of great moments like that. But yeah, I, um, again, I was a little bit on the fence with the Bizarro reveal initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I was disappointed that we weren't getting Doomsday. Bizarro is not typically my favorite. I didn't know where, I didn't know where it was going, but I really, I really did enjoy. And the fact that we had backwards speak, but not the kind of backwards speak that we get in the comics. And we exactly, had subtitles. Yeah. It was, oh my God, I can't that tell you how happy I was. Exactly. That worked great. Like, you know, it was basically like they were speaking Zatanna's language, right? Like, oh, oh, essentially what they were doing. But yeah, that's another aspect of it. It wasn't, you know, me am good. Uh, it was it was just everything backwards. Like, it's like, oh, that's brilliant. Like a subtle change, a subtle change and tweak. Um, but, you know, like you mentioned, like Bizarre, like you, you know why they used them, though, right? To be able to use Tyler Hecklin? No, well, I mean, that's part of it, like some cost saving, but like, you know, the Bizarro, if you ask like the average person who does not read comics and does not know anything all that much about Superman, they know the basics, right? They know Clark Kent, Daily Planet, Lois Lane, Barry White, Jimmy Olsen, Lex Luthor. After that, they know Bizarro, right? They, and, and then after that, they might know Doomsday, right? The Doomsday fake out stuff was for like, you know, the fans who could recognize that stuff. But everybody else, there's like, oh yeah, there's an opposite version of Superman that he fights. That's like what most people think. Um, and then outside of that, like, you know, you know, the, the average person doesn't know any of the other Superman villains. Um, you know, like, you know, we do because we, we love the character. And, you know, yes, Superman has a great rogues gallery for those out there who said that he doesn't. Um, but, uh, but for the average person, they only know two. They only know Lex Luthor, and they know and they know uh, Bizarro. Some bonus points for some people that might know B- Brainiac and and Darkseid, just because you know of, of of recent stuff, right? But outside of that, nobody knows any of the others. And how many people do you think know the Ali Alston version of Parasite? <laughs> <laughs> Very little. Very little. The funny thing is, she gave me more Granny vibes than she did Parasite. Out and because for part of me, I was thinking it was like, oh man. Are they are they are they doing some third world you know like fourth world stuff like here like is is are we doing are we getting into new gods is like that something like this whole like you know finding yourself like she's training these people is like is this is this going to lead us to dark side because for a second like I was thinking is like what if in that middle of that symbol thing of that that pendant it creates an omega or something like I would have lost my mind um, <laughs> if they would have done something like that uh, and in in that portal that's in the mines I was like that's very boom tube esque. Like I could, I could see it. I could see, I could, I could see it working. And she looks like Granny Goodness. Like you know, she's not like you know a short like Kathy Bates uh, size uh, Granny Goodness as she is like in the in in the, the animated series. But like I could see a Granny Goodness like if she wanted to disguise herself on Earth, looking like somebody like that. Like makes total sense. Yes. If ever there were an opportunity for another bait and switch, I mean, like that's the thing. That's where look, I I, I, I love the season. I just want to be clear, but uh-huh. it's like it, this is an instance where I had some mixed feelings with the, with the Doomsday Bizarro thing. But then it's I, I remember seeing that speculation that Allie was actually going to be grand. I was like, ooh, like that. Would, and I agree with everything you said. The 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 look is there, not exactly the same, but you could you could buy into it. A lot of you know seemingly apparent connection points that you could make, and it's like no, no, like we're not we're not going there. But it's like why yeah. not? <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. Uh, 
especially because they, they cast somebody to be, to be Bruno Mannheim for the very next season. It's like, <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, look, the bait and switch. This is your thing. This is your time uh-huh. to shine. Come on. <laughs> oh, one last thing with the Bizarro speak. I, Bizarro's come up a bunch of times on this podcast and in virtually every instance, uh, my guest and I have talked about how we don't like the backwards speak. And this comes up on Twitter too. Mm. Who, who out there, an audience, I'll pose this to you. Who, who likes the traditional comic backwards speak? Because again, from all the people I'm talking to and hearing from, it seems like people don't like it. I really wish this is something that could just, could just go away. Uh, yet I don't know why this still continues to be utilized. I, it drives me nuts. For comedic effect. That's why. I guess, I guess it's just frustrating. I, I really, I wish like the subtitles would be great in the comics for, for that mm-hmm. version of backward speak. It's just not, that'd be kind of cool. It's just not worth it. It's not worth the work. That's what I've kind of, and mm. maybe as a kid, it was as a kid, I was probably like, wow, well, what are they trying to say now? I'm just like, I don't like, I don't care enough to try to decipher yeah. what this is, what this is about. I get the gist of it <laughs> and kind of scan over it. But yeah, I thought it was cool the way they, uh, the way they did that on the show. That was a nice, mm-hmm. That was a nice twist on it. So. Yeah. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and under new ownership since 2020, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany, New Jersey the next time you're in the Garden State. And be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina, for people of all ages and walks of life. Now in its 40th year, this multiple-time Eisner Award nominee features a significant contemporary and vintage back-issue selection. As the Acme team uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material, Mail order subscriptions to new releases are available, and all offerings are available anywhere via mail order. Follow Acme on social media and eBay, listen to the Acme cast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Oh Yeah Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have children and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join All Yeah for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow All Yeah on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Say it with me. Aw, yeah. We're talking about bizarre world and all all this stuff, but I want to jump to uh, the more human side of things for a moment here. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the Cushing family, their storyline okay. and their role on the show, because I mm-hmm. think they serve a vital function. Yet I do get the sense, you know, seeing people tweet about the show and things like that. Not that we can rely on Twitter necessarily for yeah. for a consensus. Not a real place, but I don't know that that. I don't know that they're people are always, uh, you know, thrilled when they pop up on screen and when we spend time with their storyline. But how do you how do you feel about the Cushings and their role on the show, just generally? Um, I've grown to like them, and I thought I would I was going to hate them um, when, especially when like you, you start seeing things that are like when you 
at the very beginning when you start when you see the castings and and who's going to be on the show and then like like who are these characters it's just like like so lana's family and, and i was like please don't do this like some lo- love triangle thing like uh, like please don't do that i'm so glad that, that and, and grateful that they have not gone that direction um and but yeah i've, I've grown to love them they're they are more like like Kyle, for example, I thought that he was going to be the easiest person to not like, but I like Kyle. Like he's, he's, he's grown some, he's made some mistakes, um, you know, and he, like they kind of force you to like really watch them and kind of be engaged with them. Uh, the one thing I'll say about the Cushings though, is that they shouldn't have given them a second child because they seem to forget that she exists. I have to imagine in the writer's room, there's some regret there where they're, they got a few episodes in. They're like, God damn it. Like we really should have just had yeah. Sarah be an only child. Cause she, she exactly. does feel perfunctory. You know, she does. Yeah. And, and also the fact that the re- the actress that plays Sophie had like this huge growth spurt between seasons one and two. And so she's not like this little kid, like she was like, you know, in the first season and they, where they had their playing, playing young. Now she's taller than Sarah and they have to, and they're trying to hide it. And every time, every scene that she's in. I had, I, I, I clocked that too when I was doing the rewatch and in, in one of the final episodes when they're standing side by side and you don't get a yeah. lot of instances of like, like that, like for that exact reason. And I was like, Oh yeah, like <laughs> same height or she's even taller. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. But on the note of Kyle, and I talked about this when we, when we discussed season one last year, but this, this is a character who could have been so one dimensional, so one mm-hmm. note, Whitney Fordman comes to mind. Could have Absolutely. been, a, could have been a character that you really are not invested in and is really more of an obstacle. And yeah. you watch the pilot and you, you're not quite sure, okay, where are they going with this character? And he he was my MVP of season one, which might might sound like a like oh. crazy, but he was my MVP of season one because I was just so won over by the the character and the actor. I thought Eric Valdez did a great job, and it's like you really, yeah. you 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 know, you start to see who this guy is, where he's coming from, especially in season one, though he was misguided at times. It all stemmed from wanting to help the town, mm-hmm. and here I thought their storyline this season and and Lana and Lana had some great had some great stories this season. I thought, but. Yeah. With Kyle and with the family generally, it's heartbreaking. Talk about the tragedy because those two are stronger than they've ever been at the start mm-hmm. of this season. They're really, they're, they're clicking. Uh, he's supporting her in her bid for mayor, which, you know, we got to yeah. a couple episodes in and, and then the, the, the bomb drops, right. That he's had this affair uh, mm-hmm. that has, has ended a while ago, but he had this affair with the bartender, Tanya, and, and it all comes to a head at Sarah's quinceanera and, and there's yeah. this whole, uh, you know, dr- dramatic uh, reveal. And it's, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And the reason why I say I love the, the role that they serve on the show is that, again, you do a whole Arrow <laughs> podcast. I've watched most of the Arrowverse. I fell off on pretty much all of the shows after, after mm. crisis, as I've talked about, but. You're not uh, the only one. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, look, when the, all those Arrow shows, Arrowverse shows, when they were at their best, there was some great stuff. And I can, I can always appreciate that. But one of the things that I think kind of wore thin for me was in virtually all of the shows, it really became, to me at least, all about the super heroics, the teams, the bunkers. And I look at the Cushings on the show and it's like, it helps to ground the show. It helps to get us invested in something that's not the the overall plot of the season and and I think it's just it it really helps to you know to make the show relatable and to make it human. Well, yeah. Well, like speaking of some of these other other shows, that's why you know, and it, of course, this all happens in the first couple of seasons with these things. But that's why 
you know, Joe was so vital to the Flash, right? That's why his presence was so vital. Same thing with Moira in the first two seasons. That's why she was so important. Um, it balances it out thing. And on Black Lightning, that's why, you know, like him being a teacher and going to school every day and like, and, and you see the people in the community that he's helped because he, he's been a teacher, he's a veteran teacher, right? So there's lots of people in the community that are still there that see, see him as Mr. Pierce, this teacher that helped me with, with something, right? And so, um, and, you know, Jen and, and uh, like in her activities at school, just being a kid at school, and like, and, and same thing with Anissa, like when she's, you know, she's a young adult in the community, like doing these types of things. So uh, the superheroics were a part of the show, but they weren't the only thing. Um, and, and like, as with everything, it, you know, it gets away from that the longer it goes on. Um, but it's, you know, that's just what it, that's, you know, that's the heart, some of the things that we miss were those things. Like another thing, Supergirl in season two, the whole Maggie and the whole, uh, the Maggie storyline. I love what they like. I love Maggie. I love that actress as Maggie. Um, I like Maggie. So I love Maggie. Sorry. as a character. Um, and, and like all that, the whole thing that they were doing, um, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with Alex, like she and Alex, that whole season was great. And then it's gone. I was like, what are you guys doing? This <laughs> This is my favorite part of season two. And like, this is and like, and now it's like all for not. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed that character and that storyline on, on Supergirl as well. So, uh, so again, I, I, I always appreciate the Cushings and I, I will say, uh, and, and, you know, props to, uh, to, to Eric Valdez, the, the scene where uh, Kyle knows that, that Lana's going to find out. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're inside the barn and he's talking to Clark and Clark's like, Hey, is everything okay? And he's like, no, like, I don't think it is. It's just, you know, like, you know, I've been married for a few years now. I've not had an affair. I don't plan on having an affair, but the way, like, it just made me feel the way it would feel. I would, I imagine it would feel like if I were in that situation and like, I knew, like, I knew it was all going to fall apart. I just felt like, mm -hmm. Uh, the writing and the acting just really capture that. You you really felt for it. It was, you know, it was, like I said, it was really heartbreaking to see these characters who had gone through so much and had gotten to a good spot come undone over something that wasn't even, it's not like he was currently having the affair, right? This was yeah. something from the past, though I will say, when they have- The thing is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And I will say, even though I've been a Kyle defender, look, the affair generally, not great, but also when, yeah. when he and Lana are talking at the house and she's like, how long did it go on for? He's like, six months. I was like, buddy, six months. I mean, this is, uh, this is pretty extensive here. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah. So, and you know, too, I, I give the show credit because I think especially at this point, it would have been really easy to sideline Kyle, mm -hmm. but they, and he's not in every episode, but you get a lot of instances where you see him and Lana trying to navigate what co-parenting is going to look like. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot the of kids, seasons, uh, like, yeah. like life with, you know, life with two parents, like, yeah, they're, you know, there's, and there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was good. I, I really, uh, I, I, that stuff really resonated. Now we talk about Lana. Uh, Mel, let's start with the biggest, the biggest piece first. We get a, we get a secret identity reveal. We do. Um, I like how he reveals a secret the exact same way each time, right? Um, and 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 the thing is, I get it because if you're if you if you, you need to show somebody that you're Superman, right? You need to do the most super of your abilities, and that's the fly. That's the one thing that like like everybody would love to do that, right? Um, you know, like you know, heat vision, okay, whatever. Um, you know, like X ray vision, okay, cool, whatever. 
tough lie. <laughs> like it's so like, that's the best way to do it. Right. Like he, like he does it the exact same way. Like he takes off his glasses and then just slowly starts to float up and then look down. It's just like, Oh, okay. I know. I love, I love, I know. I, lo- I love that. That's just, and it, it makes it like, that's his thing. Like that's, he's like, well, when I reveal my secret, that's what I do. Glasses come mm-hmm. off. I float up. Yeah. Uh, he threw in a little super breath, which was a, a cool effect, right? Freezing. That was cool. Yeah. Tree. There's always like, there was always like a hint of something else, right? Cause like <laughs> when he revealed it to the boys, he picked up the truck and, and held it up in the air. Yeah. Um, so God, that pilot was so good. That pilot is so amazing. <laughs> It really, it, it absolutely is. But yeah, a little, a little cherry on top. We want to put a little sauce on it, right? It's like the flying, yeah. flying gets you most of the way there, but just, you know, just put a little extra there. But it's, it's great. Look, especially for us fans of Smallville, right? Where mm-hmm. we had to wait. Yes, there were times where Lana found out and then there were various machinations. We had to wait until the end of season six. Six. Yeah. And not, yeah. we're not talking 15 episode seasons, <laughs> full 22 episode seasons. <laughs> Yeah. TV's changed a lot. <laughs> this is, really reminds you of that. Yeah. It's like, and, and, and Smallville is another one of those things was where like, I was there every week, every episode. Right. And, oh, um, and it's just like, you know, people, it's one of those, like, you know, that meme where it's like, you know, you, you haven't, you know, had to watch a, a season one week at like one week at a time year in the year year in year out and then wait the entire summer for it to come back and it shows right like it's, that's that's it's one of those types of things like oh it's like y'all don't know how y'all know how it was it's true especially and especially if the if the season ended on the cliffhanger and then you had to wait six months for it to come back like that's it's torture but that's why and again not 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 to take us on a tangent but that's that's why i think it's i don't know that i would ever given how television has changed so much and again, shorter runs, shorter seasons, the ability to binge. It's like living with that show every week, speculating about how those cliffhangers were going to be resolved over every summer hiatus for a decade. It just, you just lived in it in, in a way that you don't really now and hand in hand with that, just my, that my age as I was watching it, there's there's a lot wrapped up in it. But I I think just, again, the way that you watch it, it, it just, it's cemented in a way that other shows, other shows don't. They yeah. don't. They can't. They can't. And I, I, I try to think of like some other things. Like, for example, like the, you know, like the only thing that kind of comes close is, you know, like Game of Thrones, right? Like when it was when it was on, like the, you know, you didn't you didn't binge Game of Thrones like when it was when it was like on in its heyday. Like you like and like I love like the whole conversation aspect of of it, like it, like week to week, right? And I, I got a taste of that again with House of the Dragon. Um, it's just like, oh man, like like it's like when you're excited about a show every single week, and like you, it gets there, and then it's all you can think about for the next week. Superman Lois is like that for me. That show was like that for me. Um, some of the, you know, like in the early days of the uh, of the Disney Plus shows, it was like that as well. Uh, especially like like when Wandavision first hit, like it, like like the con- there was a conversation when Mando first hit, especially after that first episode, and you're just like, oh my god, and like like literally like <laughs> like there was this like light came on everywhere, everybody was like, oh my god, this is what we're doing here, I'm so in. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, I think having that excitement, especially when it's a, a weekly release, I think you know there mm-hmm. you can still have an, an aspect of that. But uh, as far as this identity reveal i you know this was one of the things i was a little mixed on in season one the fact that he had never confided in lana i i guess mm-hmm. i always from the comics and from small but i do like this idea that 
he, she's someone, maybe in the one that he shares this with at that point in his journey, uh, you know, who, who he actually mm-hmm. is. So the fact that we were dealing with Alana, who, who was in the dark at the outset of the show, I was like, okay, like, I, you know, I, I was, I rolled with it, but it definitely took me a minute, but I watched season yeah, two. Because, and I, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, tr- cause traditionally Lana knows like when he, when he, when he's, when he, you know, but when he leaves, like when he leaves Smallville, she knows what's going, what's up. Um, and when he comes back, she, she knows, like she's one of the people that just, just knows. Uh, so yeah, this is an interesting change. Yeah. Typically, I mean, I'm trying to think Superman, the animated series, she didn't know, right. She had that encounter with him as Superman and she very quickly pieced together that it was. Oh no, no. In the animated series, she did know cause she, she shocks him. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And she's like, she's like, well, I just kept it to myself. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's cool. But also, you know, she's still carrying a torch, which I thought was a nice little wrinkle with, with that show. Yeah. Uh, but again, I like I like the idea, especially the, you know, the modern comics, this idea of like him taking her for a flight before he leaves Smallville and like revealing yeah. who he is. So again, that took a little getting used to. But watching the secret identity reveal in season two of Superman and Lois, it was it was a great payoff. It, it made me feel like mm-hmm. it was worth it because you got to see this. You know, it wasn't something that we heard about. It wasn't something that we got a flashback of with, you know, know, different actors playing them as kids. Like you got to see the two of them have this moment. And I thought it, it it was great. It was, it was very satisfying. Yeah. And and then I think she had a reasonable reaction to this, right? She didn't hate him. She didn't um, immediately, like she didn't like be like, okay, well, that's cool. And then just kind of move on. She had to kind of deal with it and process that for a little bit. And she's like, I need some time to, 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 to wrap my head around this. And I, I, and I like how, you know, she, she was, I guess reasonable is probably the best word, right? She's like, she, she took the amount, like the appropriate amount of time to kind of like let it sink in that the most famous person in the world, like is her best friend, like probably the most important person in the world. It's like, like, I mean, like you can't like because you can't really quantify like who Superman is like in real life. And like if you found out that somebody was Superman, and so like it's something to that effect. It's like oh, it's like that's a super holy crap moment. And so it's like yeah, you need some time. Yeah, no, I thought I thought her I thought her reaction to everything was very fair. You know, it's great when she says, you know, how like how did I not see this? And he's like, people see what they want to see, and I and I, I I like that that little wrinkle because it it's true. It yes. Yes. It's ridiculous the idea that a pair of glasses would throw people off, but again, you're not looking for it. You 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 wouldn't be mm-hmm. thinking it. You you know, so it 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 makes sense, right? You see Superman as this larger than life character. So yes. why would you see him in in the the, the, the Kent farm? <laughs> you know, at the mm-hmm. Kent farm. So yeah. so that made sense. But the thing that really stood out to me, I think, the most about all of this was one thing that I've I've sort of noted, especially in season one, is anytime Lana talked about how they dated in high school. She always kind of downplayed it, especially talking yes. to Lois, which I guess makes sense, right? That's his wife. I understand. But yeah. it was always sort of like, oh, like we're just dear friends. Yeah, like we dated for a little bit, but it was always kind of minimized. Yet yeah. when he reveals his secret, one of the first things she asks was about whether or not he really loved her. Why didn't he come back for her? Mm. And and we get that little flashback to the car accident that Clark saved uh, Lana and Pete from when they were kids, which I had totally forgotten yeah. before I rewatched this. I was like, oh yeah, like there was that. And right before that, she had whispered uh, to him, "I love you." So yeah, that's found like- a lot of that's found a lot of really great memes, by the way. Uh, oh, did it? <laughs> I'm sure I'm, I'm sure you can imagine like <laughs> uh, the internet taking that and doing what they do with it because. But- <laughs> Oh, I gotta look. I, 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 I missed that. that. I missed that. Okay, it was very funny. <laughs> uh, 
But I, I don't know. I just kind of um, not not that not that I necessarily want it to be the case that she's you know unhappy or that she's always carried this torch for him. But I, I like the idea that there was there was more there. And in well, terms not only of you know, that, but it's I think it's a it's a it's a, a immediate what if. It's like when you find out like like you know your ex was Superman, you're just like, well, well, well crap! Like you think to yourself, and especially because she knows that his wife is Lois, she's like, well, I could have, I could have been that, right? Like you immediately start to to to, to think about those like, types of things. Like even like even you know like even if it's, there's something in your life that you really wanted to do and you couldn't do it, and then somebody close to you does that exact same thing, you're like, well, and you, your immediate thought, like whether you want to admit it or not, is like, well, I could have done that. Like it, it's, it, it just happens. Right. Like, you know, I have a friend that, you know, that played in the NBA. I wanted to play in the NBA. Of course I was just like, well, I, I, that, that could have been me. And it's like, of course you think that. Right. But, but, but it wasn't. So, you know, you just got to deal. And that's kind of what happened with, with, with Lana there. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I also have to say one of my favorite moments from the season is in that, that episode right after the reveal where, uh, Lois and Lana have it out, right? And we mm-hmm. we we learn that Lana is actually more upset with Lois because Lois yeah. knew that she you know had this secret yet still pursued a friendship with Lana. Mm-hmm. And it, I thought that was an interesting angle here. Uh, you know, anytime right they're able to s- subvert the expectation of what a reaction is going to be or anything like yeah. that is is great. And I, I think this is a good example of that. But my favorite part is when Lois goes back to the farm and she says to Clark, "You never get, guess who Lana is e- who hates even more than you right now." <laughs> Clark goes, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> it that's it so made me laugh because it, it's hilarious. And it's also like, yeah, that would that'd be a pretty safe bet. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it was great. I you know, and and I have to say, I, I always love the Clark Lana scenes, but big surprise as a Smallville fan. But the, but especially mm. this incarnation of the characters and their dynamic. There's a warmth there, there's this familiarity. It's what I don't mean to always bring up Smallville, but it's like, how could you not? It's, you have to always it, hold on to it, though. Oh, is that, is that what they say? Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's what I always hoped that Smallville would have been able to achieve with the Clark-Lana relationship. And it just, you know, we, we, we didn't get that. But it's that you know, familiarity. We, you know what? We, we did. We got 30 seconds of it in Bride. Yes. Like, we got 30 seconds of, of Lana being like, you know what? Maybe Clark and Lana weren't meant to be together. And then Clark just kind of shrugs and they just kind of move on. Like they understand that they're not meant to be together and they're about to move on. Right. And then, you know, all hell broke loose. And then, you know, season second half of season eight happened and we know what happened there. Yes. I know. Every time I watch Superman and Lois and I see this Lana, I'm like, man, it's just so weird. She's not walking around emitting kryptonite radiation. Yeah, I know. It's just like, it just feels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you know that's the thing like this show gives us what what i had always hoped smallville would and so i love you know in, in one of the early i think the, the season premiere when uh you know lois isn't sharing with clark why you know why she's been so closed off uh after mm-hmm. you know natalie's arrival and uh you know kyle's feeling uh some sort of way with lana spending so much time helping uh the mayoral candidate at that point in yeah. the season and you know they have a conversation in the kitchen like there's a there's a lot of great stuff. And, you know, after Lana finds out about Kyle and they have their heart to heart at the diner, Clark and Lana. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of great scenes where I, I think, you know, you 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 see that comfort, that trust that they have with each other. I'm really excited moving into season three to see how this plays out now, uh, you know, at a deeper level now that she knows who he is. Because 
there was so much going on <laughs> towards the end of this season. And uh, I, I'm excited to get more scenes with them. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And I have to trust the track record uh, of, of the people doing this show. But they do kind of have put themselves into a little bit of a pickle because now so many people know the secret, mm-hmm. right? So Lana knows, Sarah knows, Kyle doesn't, Chrissy Beppo knows, um, but uh, Lucy doesn't. Um, so it's like, who else is going to find out at this point? Because that's a lot of people. And then there's particular individuals that, that don't know that could cause a lot of trouble if they do find out. And, 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 and if they find out that everybody, other people knew and were lying to them about it. And I, in, in, if I had to guess, I'm sure some sort of drama will come, become of this uh, at some point. Um, watch it be Sophie that finds out. Uh, she's, she, she, like, cause she's like eavesdropping on, uh, on her sister, right? That's how she finds out. She tells Kyle, um, and, uh, watch that happen. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, that's, 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 that's an interesting kind of wrinkle. And I don't know if they've thought about that or realized that yet, but that, that could be something that leads to trouble, especially Lucy and Kyle, um, with them being out of the loop here is with, especially with the, everybody that's close to them knowing and they don't. Oh, you can see it now already with Kyle. It's like, y'all knew? Y'all mm-hmm. knew? Like, so, yeah, I, I agree with you. And also, like I said, I think that the pitfall that a lot of those Arrowverse shows fell into, everybody knowing, everyone being part of the team. I, and yeah. I, I like the secret identity. I will say, I got a little nervous deep in the season when the family, the Kent family started talking about the secret and why they keep it and, and all of that. And mm-hmm. I was a little nervous, especially... This has now changed in the comics, which we're actually going to yeah. talk about in our next episode. Uh, but at the time, right, Clark had revealed his identity to the world. The world, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was getting a little nervous that the show was going to follow. So I didn't really think they would, but there was a moment where I, I was like, thought, uh-oh. I thought that too. I was just like, this just happened in the comics. So, and and we are doing a more modern and new and newer take. And, and so I, I could see it. I thought that's where we were going to go. I thought I legit thought that I thought he was going to hold a press conference uh, and, and uh, cause he's held several um, he's done several interviews. I thought that's what was going to happen. Yes. I was nervous at the end of the first season when he, when he, you know, spoke to the, to the world, uh, you know, mm. on camera, I was a little nervous then I was a little nervous here. I'm glad that they didn't go there. I, again, I think Lana, that made perfect sense. I was surprised with Beppo. I was surprised, but it, it tracked in terms of all of that tension that had been mounting between her and Lois she, over the course. Of she season. had to know, yeah. like at this point, like she had to know or else like she was going to be a villain. <laughs> I love Beppo. Oh, side note. As I'm watching this and this might sound like the most obvious thing in the world, but I'm saying to myself, were it not for Allison Mack's real world journey, this almost this certainly would have been Chloe Sullivan. This would have 100% have been Chloe Sullivan. Whether it had been Allison Mack playing her or not, this would have been Chloe Sullivan if she was not in trouble. Yeah, like I would, I would, I would place a large bet on that. Yeah, no, I again probably the most obvious thing. It took me two, but as I was sitting there, I was like, oh yeah, uh, I like Beppo. One thing with Beppo that made me that it was a little bit of a head scratch. Maybe I'll go through my quick quibbles with the season right now. When okay. uh, Lois, you know, Clark is gone for a month, and Lois's cover story is, oh, he was working on a, on assignment and. Where it gets back to Chrissy and she's like, what are you talking about? And Lois is like, oh, well, he wants to work here at the Gazette. And we see there's a later scene where Chrissy is scrolling through Clark's like LinkedIn page, right? Mm-hmm. And it only says like Daily Planet and Smallville paper. Yeah. 
And, you know, there's a moment where she's like, you know, Clara, I don't know. She says to Lois, basically, like, I don't know that he has the experience, right? And it's like, for the Daily Planet. I mean, what, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's that. And it's, and also it's like when she's like on assignment, she's like, isn't he just, isn't he just a farmer now? Like, <laughs> I know there's that, there's that. Okay. Other, other quibbles, nitpicks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, not to get too scientific about this, but Clark's on Bizarro world. It's a red sun. Mm-hmm. Right. And he does make note that his powers are diminished there. Mm-hmm. Yet he's still flying around. He still has his powers. Yeah. When, Anderson attacks him at the DOD with those, those red solar lamps. The mm-hmm. second he flips those on, Clark's down on the ground. Yeah. How do we reconcile this? I don't know, because a lamp is not stronger than a sun in the sky. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, not, again, not to nitpick, but I'm watching this, and it's just, this, this is something that does kind of bug me with the, with the, with the, red, with the red lamps. And this is not the first time we've seen them. I don't understand why... And I know it's, I guess, for dramatic effect, but like, I don't understand why it would seemingly cause pain or cause him to fall. It's like, I, I, just, I just, I feel I like know. it's a little bit much. It's it's like, it's something he shouldn't notice, right? Like it's it like, it's in, especially like the first few times that it happens, it should be something like, it should be something that like he, that he notices after the fact, I think. It's not like kryptonite where like, it's like, you know, where it's, he's, he's feeling pain. Uh, like when, like you don't have power, you just don't have power, right? Like, you know, I wake up every day, I don't have power. So like, (laughs) um, so it's just like, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Um, so yeah, it's just like, it's, you know, he tries to do something super and can't, that's when he's just like, oh, crap. Yes. Uh, this is not, this isn't a quibble. This was, I, I, I was frustrated for Clark and I, I enjoyed it, but I was frustrated for Clark. This, again, this tension with him and Anderson and, and, and Clark's imprisonment, you know, midway through yeah. the season or so. And it, it, it was a great, great device to put Clark and Talro together. And I love, yes. I love that redemption arc and, and how that relationship developed. But I like, I'm a fan of uncle Tal. Me too. Me too. Give him those I'm trucks at the end of the season. Those that's again another smallville callback, but um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Got 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 the both before he jetted off to to go find himself a wife. Um, I think that's pretty funny too. I know once he heard from Bizarro Clark that that his his doppelganger had a wife. That's like he couldn't shake that idea. He's like, was my yeah, wife. he couldn't. <laughs> He's like, oh, I want to get I want to get married, yo. I you know I um. I, I like, I really do like uh, Tal's redemption arc. And I think it shows, you know, a lot of talk in the season about how, you know, what, what Superman really does, right? It's that it's not mm-hmm. about the powers. It's his, his ability to inspire uh, yeah. and, and to give hope. And that's, you know, as he, as he has that goodbye, potential goodbye with the boys at the end before he goes into the sun, another mm-hmm. Smallville reference. I want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the, and that's, an all-star Superman reference. Yes. Yes. And, you know, that's, that's what he says to them. Like his parting, his potentially his parting words are don't, don't lose hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think as, as easy as it would be to write off someone like Talro after, after what he did. And look, Clark's not necessarily warm to him at the outset. It takes, no. it, it takes a good bit, rightfully so, but he doesn't fully write him off. And you see that develop and you see that. And, and I think the first season did a really nice job with Talro when you got his backstory and you saw mm. how he was just twisted up by that slug of a father that he had. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so with with the right influences, with the the 
the possibility of genuine family and and love, you see the, mm-hmm. the the difference that it can have in him. So I, that was such a an unexpected surprise this season. Was, I, yeah. I thought was was how all of that played out. I thought that was wonderful. Oh yeah, he was like uh, you know taking borrowing from my show. He was a role player of the year. Yeah, yeah, that no, was him. A- absolutely, uh, that that was great. But uh, other other quibbles. What did I want to bring up? Oh yeah, so. When Mayor Lang is addressing the town hall meeting, right, uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the season, this is the point where Allie Alston is trying to merge the two worlds, and we have the other, their Earth's sun in the sky, the red sun, yeah. and, and nobody knows what's going on. The DOD's put out a cover story, but, but you know, Lana wants to try to give some genuine information and, and help, you know, help the town. And no one will believe what she's telling them in this town mm-hmm. hall meeting. Until Superman shows up, a depowered Superman at this point in the yeah. story, and, and 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 backs up what Lana's telling them, and and maybe a little nitpicky. We've certainly seen instances in the real world in recent history where people are slow to accept evidence that's presented to them. However, yes. there's a red sun in the sky, and they, <laughs> they live in a world with Superman. They lived through the whole Tauro incident the year before. That's true. I just don't understand why. Like virtually everyone in that room was just like so incredulous. It was a little over the know. top. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> you know. That was more that was more like function over 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 you know, over realism, I guess. Or yeah. logic. Function over logic. Yes. No, it was it was fine. I did have to say I loved, of course, one of the instigators was the former mayor, Dean, George yeah. Dean. And I loved when when Superman was there and and backing up Lana and he's like, I know Lana's here for people, not her own interest. And he looks at mm-hmm. Dean. Great. Love that. <laughs> it was so good. That was so good. This episode made possible in part by educator, hobby comic book collector, and pop culture enthusiast, Sam Lim. Sam just moved to the South Jersey area and is looking to connect with other comics fans as well as retailers. They are also looking for comic shops to explore, so recommendations are welcome. Be sure to follow Sam on Instagram at SZL Comics. Filmmakers and movie fans alike should be sure to attend these film festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. On a personal note, my short film, By Spoon, The J. Mizell Story, played at these fests, so I know firsthand what fun and well-run events they are. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts, available via a shared universe network. There's so many, you know, so many, so many great moments. Uh, yeah, let's circle back to, uh, to, to Clark losing his powers, because I think at this point now, we've seen enough instances where, you know, Superman should just know if he's ever fully depowered. You just gotta mm-hmm. throw him in the sun. You just gotta yeah. throw him in the sun. Clearly, that's 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 always the Clearly. way. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty cool too to see that. Um and uh especially like the ending in that finale. That was just that was just so cool. Um <laughs> I just uh, like that it's like, yeah, this is what we wanna see. This is what we wanna see. Yeah, oh that was I mean that was that was so tremendous. But yes, of course that made me think of 
uh, the season eight premiere of Smallville where Clark had lost mm. his powers and, and uh, had been hit by an arrow and was, was dying and Martian Manhunter flies him into the sun and that restores his powers. We got to see a lot more of it on Superman and Lois. It didn't yes. largely happen off screen. Off screen. Yeah. Uh, still not sure though. I don't mean, again, I don't mean to, I don't mean to have how, he, how he survived the trip yeah, the sun and, and was able to, yeah. to speak in space as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess like, you know, those, those power reserves didn't go all the way down to zero, right? So I guess there was something in there, something in that Kryptonian physiology that allowed him to at least make the trip. I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Earlier in that episode, he couldn't, couldn't even walk up the stairs, though. So I Yeah, I know, like right? <laughs> that was pushing it a little bit. Maybe, though this is never said, this is total headcanon, but you know, maybe Tao was able to, ex- to extend his, his aura, his bioelectric aura, Enough maybe. to uh, to protect and and create a little little oxygen for Force them field? to converse. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it'd be cool to see. It'd be cool to see like Superman with an aura, like you know, a la like anime, right? Like when these when these dudes power up and like that's, that's essentially what's going on. That'd be cool to see Superman do that. Yeah, but it's. Uh, do you watch Always Sunny? Uh, yeah, off and on, yeah. But one of my favorite, I think, an iconic Frank line is when he when he's like, you know, when I die, just throw me in the trash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it's like for Superman. Like this, it's just like when I lose my powers, just throw me, throw in, the me in the sun. Yeah, just throw me in the sun. I'll be fine. Classic Frank. But it's classic <laughs> Frank. But it is. I, I agree with you, man. That that whole sequence, the whole climax of that of that season finale when he emerges from the sun, just supercharged, yeah. mm-hmm. and overloads Allie and separates her. We get yeah. the Superman, the movie callback where he's flying around the earth and building um, up all that speed and lands and just sh- like breaks the planets apart. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It's good stuff. That's it really is stuff. a fantastic sequence. Did it? And it I'm really assuming that gave you all-star Superman vibes. It did for 100%. Um, uh, it's funny, like that book, when it first came out, I was like, yeah, this is all right. I think this is pretty overrated. Like people talk about this is like, this is the greatest thing ever. And it's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. I read it a second time later in life and I was like, yo, this is, this is dope. (laughs) Oh, this, I was like, this, this is it. This is, this is way better. I don't know what I like. I don't know. Maybe I was just not in the right mindset or I was not at the right stage of life or something to really, uh, to really get what that, what that book was saying. It was like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. Um, still not my favorite though. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a great one. You and I had a very similar, almost identical experiences with it. I just put out a two and a half hour episode that was all about mm-hmm. how I how I really learned to love All Star Superman. Say like exact yeah. same experience, and you definitely got those vibes from this. It, it doesn't at all seem like that's where season three is heading. But but part no. of me, especially as I was rewatching the finale, I was like, ooh, that could be an interesting, you know, unintended consequence of getting supercharged in the sun. We get sort of an All Star esque mm-hmm. story because. Not to rehash that episode, but we talked about the animated adaptation. And, you know, yeah. that's another thing, a la Death of Superman, where, you know, we we get these movie takes on these stories and they're f- fine, but I think- They need time to breathe. They need time to breathe. They need that episodic form. Like, All-Star in particular is, like, would lend itself beautifully. It's all about his 12 labors. I mean, it's but it yep. fits so neatly. Exactly. It's yeah. our 15-episode season here. Um, so it's So good. Especially if this ends up being the final season, like if they did sort of a take on All Star, mm-hmm. I would like that. At the same time, it was such a moment of triumph when he emerged from the sun 
and you yeah. just see him like the so, like the solar radiation is like pouring out of him. I it make me would make me feel bad if and it's like oh hey you're dying yeah. from this so uh, you know yeah. we could maybe kind of leave him. But there. that's but that's that's the tragic irony though right that's part of the whole thing and you got you just got to kind of fix it. Um, I, I and and the cool thing would be like if, if you know he like he kind of figures it stuff out like when he leaves and he comes back like but he comes back but it's like later on in life or something like that like you know you know when he comes back the boys are older lois is older or something like that that would be like an interesting ending like if you just see him like land and they come out they're older and like it's it's a you know we get another reunion shot i think that would be really cool yeah i know something uh, i think i think there's some potential there uh again i have no idea no idea where they're going, but uh, yeah, I couldn't help but but have those All Star vibes, and and again, especially having just reread and just just rewatched All Star when he lands uh, on on Main Street in Smallville after he saved the day and everyone's cheering mm-hmm. for him. It's like he he has shown them the face of the man of tomorrow. It's like it's it's yep. oh man, it, it's as far as moments this season. I you know I think that's re- I mean that's so far that's so high up the list. Um, I, I also have to say I know as much as I loved. Uh, Cal and Tal becoming buddies over the course of the season uh, when uh, they, they go to the fortress early in the season and uh, Tal mm-hmm. breaks free and is attacking Jordan. And then yeah. Clark has to step in and he's like, don't you ever touch my son. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that moment too. That right. That anger exactly. sparingly, yeah. but every now and then, man, it's effective. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, we talk about the, the kids. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, who yeah, should we, who shall we start with? Ah, uh, we got to talk about Jordan, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's training. He's, he knows how to, he knows how to do stuff. And like, you now granted he's not a pro at it, but I like how he's, he's learning and he kind of does stuff in spurts. Like it's, it's cool. And like when he takes his first flight to kind of do stuff, it's like, yeah, Jordan, like you're legit rooting for him. Um, and like to see him kind of get involved in stuff. And I like, I love his excitement when he's talking to his brother about it and like how, and throughout it all, I love how Jonathan, is 100% supportive of his brother. He's not jealous. And like when he gets, and when he, when he takes XK, it's not to keep up with his brother um, or anything, or it's not because he's jealous of his brother. He's doing it because he, as he explains to Clark, he, he feels like he doesn't have a place um, because like, you know, because things have taken a, a pretty much a dramatic turn for him. And so that's kind of what he did it for, but not to, he's not trying to upstage Jordan. He's not jealous that Jordan has powers. He kind of doesn't care. Um, he thinks it's cool that Jordan has powers, but it's not his, it's not a like, oh man, he does has powers and I don't like, it's not that at all. He's just like, that's cool. I want to do my own thing, but he's still trying to figure out what his thing is. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love that dynamic between them, the support. And then the flip of that, when Jordan thinks that Jonathan is getting powers, his excitement over the fact that yeah. now this, this is the fraternals, like this is something the that they share. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. I, yeah, I mean, Jordan, I, I guess- I guess I was surprised at how how much his powers developed. You know, he's flying mm-hmm. by the end of this season, but you know, it, it, it's great. I and again, you know, seeing him, uh, you know, with, with the hood and going into action and very again, very Smallville esque, right? Where it's putting a strain on on the relationship mm-hmm. with Sarah. Like he can't he can't tell her his timing's not great. You know, there are a number of no. instances where the situation is like real dire and he's you know, trying to talk to Lana or Sarah or yeah. Lois about this. It's like, buddy, you gotta, you gotta pick your moments. You here. Read the room. Read the room. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like, I don't know how, how much time you spend with uh, kids his age, 
Um, but that's pretty on brand. Like they have no concept of, of time score, like, like what's going on. They're thinking about what they're thinking about, uh, and not seeing the big picture. So that's very on brand for, 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 for young people, especially, you know, sophomores in high school. Um, and I say that with the experience of seeing them every day for the past 15 years. So (laughs) (laughs) no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you totally. Oh, I, I probably, my favorite Jordan moment I do love when he's training with Clark and they're flying and they're mm-hmm. so excited and they're jumping up and down. Like that's, that's all great. But I think my favorite moment is when he's fighting Bizarro John. Yeah. By the way, again, as far as the, the, the writers loving the triangle era, getting John in that super boy, that Connor uh-huh. super boy, love this. So, so excited. I remember seeing there were like onset photos that people had posted leading up to that. Yeah. And I was like, huh? like that was really cool. Uh, but when they're fighting, uh, on our earth on the Kent farm and you know, Jordan, it looks like Jordan is just taking a beating. And then it's like, you realize he's letting John expend his energy and, 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 you know, bask in that yellow sunlight that's weakening mm-hmm. him. And then Jordan just knocks him out. I'm like, yeah, buddy. That yeah. was really like, good that stuff. was really good. Yeah. Good uh, stuff. As a Rocky um, fan, you know, it's like really like that, yeah. you know, just let yourself get beaten up for a while. The rope dope. <laughs> rope dope. The rope dope. I love it. Um, yeah, and then and then of course uh, the irons, right? Uh, you know, Natalie is somebody that I thought I would be annoyed with pretty quickly, but I wasn't. Um, and and I like her presence on the show. I like how she's kind of there's like she's basically their sister. Like that's kind of how they kind of they kind they kind of like have her with the group. Um, I like her re- relationship with John. I wish there was more of John uh, on, on the show. Um, I glad, I'm glad she has her armor. I was like, hey, you got some arc light coming. Let's go. Yeah. I love, uh, you know, Steel is 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 one of my favorite characters. I always feel like more should be done with Steel. So the fact that he's been a presence on the show, I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, again, I Steel guess- Steel hasn't gotten like a, like a feature since what, uh, 52? Like that was the last time he was really like kind of featured in something was that. Um, and then before that it was, you know, Shaq. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I I believe that DC is putting out a new Steelworks either ongoing or limited series. I believe. Okay. So I think there's something coming. I have to double check. I'm sure the audience knows, but uh, yeah. but there's a lot of super super stuff coming this year. So yes, which is good. Good. Um, mm-hmm. So with John Henry, uh, and I guess you know with contracts, he's not in every episode, so you know he gets sidelined <laughs> for, yeah, know, for right? a little chunk there in the season, but. Uh, I, I loved all the all the John and, and, and Natalie. I love that dynamic. Um, John Henry had some badass moments, as he always does. Yeah. I mean, at the mines, especially when he jumps and the suit the suit forms around yeah. him. So good, so, so good. good. Like you know what? And, and, and the thing is, like you, you got to thank. Yeah, that's one of those things you got to tip your cap and thank Marvel for. Because if it wasn't for Iron Man, like number one, we wouldn't have that, and number two, audience wouldn't be able to digest that as easily like because because of iron man we can see there's like oh yeah that makes we can we can look at that and go that makes sense when when it's completely nonsensical <laughs> yes <laughs> oh and when he catches when he catches the ha- the hammer barehanded yeah to save clark from bizarro on the mm-hmm. farm great moment i just 
you know, to, to see these moments of heroism, he doesn't have the power. He has the know-how. He has the the, the tools, yeah. right? But, he, you know, he really puts himself out there. I, I love it. I, it. It's terrific. And that father-daughter dynamic, I think Nat was kind of my, MV, my MVP for this season, yeah. uh, especially as we get towards the end. And she, like you said, she built her own suit. And, you know, when she shows up at the high school and she saves, uh, you know, Clark and, and, and Jordan from Bizarro, uh, mm-hmm. Lana and John, like, it, it was such a great scene. Um, when, you know, when she throws the hammer at Lana, uh, yeah. Bizarro Lana, she dodges and jordan catches it and bashes her ah that's still good it's such a great scene oh this is what i wanted to say about the kids in particular um i thought that with all with actually all of them with nat with john with jordan the show struck a nice balance between i i feel like both perspectives that we got from the parents and the kids were were valid and tracked and you saw where where they were coming from, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Nat and John, for example, it's like, she has been with him from day one. She helped him build his suit. They've been through so much together. She wants to help and she can mm-hmm. help. She proves that, but he's still her father. Right. And so it's like, yep. of course he doesn't want to put her in any situation where she's going to be in danger. And so it just felt, you know, it felt very, um, very believable. And then even, you know, to your point too, like with, uh, with, with John and the XK and all of that stuff, it's like, you, you totally understand Clark and Lois's, shock and disappointment and and anger that he did mm-hmm. this but you do also see where he was coming from with this and the yes. follies of youth so i really like i really appreciated how you could see it from both sides i thought that really resonated no i agree and 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 also it's it's uh you know it's it's refreshing that this is happening on the cw because so many of their shows feature kids and people that the kid you know kids that age being completely independent and their parents nowhere in the picture. And oftentimes these kids like emancipated minors. That was the first time I ever heard of that term was like watching these shows. It's like, are you, what? Um, and so like these kids are just kind of operating on their own, just like all willy nilly and stuff. But like this show, it's like, like it's more real worlds. Like you have parents and they're like, they're telling you no. And then there's nothing you can do about it because that's, that's because that is what it is. That's what life is. Like when you're that young and like your parents says, no, that's the end of the story. Like that just is what it is. I know. It's like when Jordan says to Sarah, like, I, I want to tell you things, but I, I, I can't. It's like his parents told mm-hmm. him not to, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, and, and it's different. Like, especially like, like, you know, when your parents tell you not to, that's one thing. But like when your parent is Superman, that's another thing. It's just like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not stepping out of bounds. <laughs> I have to say, uh, you know, er- early in the season when Clark is experiencing visions, right? He turns out, of course, to be mm-hmm. a, a result of, of Bizarro. But, you know, he's feeling those, he's having these visions and he's feeling those emotions and it's manifesting in these these fits of, of, of rage, right? Yeah. And it's coming out when he's disciplining the boys. And again, like as a parent, like that's something that like I can, you know, to, you don't want to show that side, right? Like you don't want to yeah. let something like that out. And uh, you know, even though there were extenuating circumstances there, you know, it was definitely something he had to acknowledge and work through with the boys. And it mm-hmm. just, again, yes, we're in this heightened scenario here, but it, it felt very real. And I, I really liked the way that that, that played out. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, I'm not a parent, but like I'm a teacher. And so, yeah, sometimes, sometimes the kids make you mad. Like that's just, just this what it is. Yeah. Sometimes it's part of Sometimes that's just what happens. <laughs> yeah, it can it can definitely be frustrating sometimes. Uh, John with the with the XK again. I, I, I you like you said. I think it's we understand where he's coming from with this. What's your take on the girlfriend, Candace? 
well, she's different from the one that he had in season one yeah. that was from Central City. And so that was the first thing. I was like, well, what happened to her? Like, I was looking forward to seeing Grant Gustin show, show up on this show. But I guess at that point, they got the, the one of the many letters that they got saying, like, nah, this is not going to happen. Oh, I still uh, want to talk about that. We still have that. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. And, and the thing is, like, we don't know all that much about her except for the reveal that, you know, like, her family's on hard times. That's why they're selling it. Uh, but we don't really know her like we know the other girl, right? Because like that other girl was kind of built up. She was kind of this mysterious person. And then, you know, we saw, you know, John kind of fall for her. Sarah's like, Hey, I don't like that girl. Um, and it's like, and then now she's gone. Like we don't, there's no follow up on that. That reminded me of Friday Night Lights. There were, there were drop, there were drop storylines and drop characters on Friday Night Lights. And that gave me the vibes there. I assume like Waverly, yeah. or that 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 other girl that Smash dated, uh, you know, uh, Carlotta. Uh, who else? Uh, that uh, that rodeo guy that 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 uh, that Tyra was dating. Uh, yeah, like there's there's a lot of those. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, look, I assume this was an actor. I mean, maybe it was a creative choice. I assume it was more of an actor availability sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. know, but because that's the thing you, you, you know, you watch season one, especially get to the end and Tegan was the, was the, was the character I believe. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, they were building that up. You were getting her backstory, right? Her dad had been in trouble, central city. So it would have lent itself very naturally, I think to mm-hmm. this, you know, selling XK storyline here. So I don't know. So yeah, we're thrown, we're just thrust into, he has a new girlfriend, right? We don't get any of the backstory there. I don't know, man. Like this girl was bad news. I did not like her. I felt like she, and, and I, like, this is what I, I it was, it was kind of tough to, to sort this out because I feel like as the season went on, they, I think they tried to make her more sympathetic. Like, I don't know if there were deleted scenes in earlier episodes or yeah. what that involved her, but it just kind of felt like she struck me as a bit more of a schemer initially, you know, mm-hmm. the way she's like drop, like, cause the thing is in the beginning part of the season, John's noticing that Timmy, the quarterback on the team, right? Yeah. His, his teammates are doing it. Right. Um, and he can't, you know, Jordan can't, and John can't keep up. And, you know, uh, Candace is the one who like mentions like, oh, well, I saw him doing this drug at the party. And it's like, she's dropping these seeds. She's the one who, mm-hmm. I mean, he, I know he goes to her uh, initially to say, I want you to sell to me, but uh, you know, she definitely encourages him, right? He has a great game a- after he takes it. I don't know. I just felt like my take on her wasn't necessarily a positive one. I feel like as the season went on, you got more of a backstory. It, um, I-, I think they tried to engender more sympathy to her, but I think it was a little bit too late for me at that point. So I don't, I felt yeah. like that needed to come earlier. That didn't totally work for me. Yeah. It's, it, it, it was odd just because she felt out of place. I also don't understand how, these brilliant investigative minds, Lois in particular, cannot figure out who John is protecting, right? Because he gets he's he holds the inhalers for Candace when the drug sniffing dogs show up at school, and he takes the fall, and he will not tell his parents who he is protecting. And like no one can figure it out until he eventually uh, brings her forward. I guess you just got to roll with it. <laughs> I guess it's like nobody dusted for fingerprints. Like. <laughs> oh, I love too when uh, one of the scenes where Clark and Lois, uh, you know, they, they still have to talk to 
uh, talk to the boys and John in particular about this and they play rock, paper, scissors to decide who's going to go talk to them. It was great. You know, little, like little, that's the thing. I know we're talking about a lot of the, you know, the, the, the big, the big aspects of the season, but little things, little things like Jordan wearing too much cologne and Clark telling him like, that's real strong, bud, real strong. Uh-huh. Gotta, we got to lower the window. Little things that's, like that's that. That's another, that's, that's also so true. It's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't envy you being in a <laughs> confined space. <laughs> man. Some of these boys, man, like they they overdo it with the axe, man. Like the axe. It's a bit much. Oh, it's been a long time. That takes me back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my Monday through Friday, man. <laughs> so one of the biggest things that we've alluded to, but we've not have not discussed yet, is um after two seasons of not knowing what this show's place was in the larger arrowverse. Mm-hmm. And the, sh- the producer sort of telling us one thing and, and seemingly planting seeds that led to, to, to one conclusion. We get confirmation yeah. in the finale uh, through a speech that uh, Sam Lane gives about how he's seen mm-hmm. glimpses of other worlds with leagues of superheroes. Our world only has your father, but he's the finest of any world. So I, I think some of the chatter online was, oh, it's not in the Arrowverse. I mean, not to split hairs, but it's in the Arrowverse. It's just not on the earth of yeah. Arrow and Flash and so on, right? Correct. Yeah, they have John Diggle. They have a John Diggle, yeah. <laughs> they have a John Diggle who knows an Oliver Queen that he's mentioned several times before. Yeah. Um, and and they seem to know him because they met him in crisis. It's it's so weird. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I guess on this earth and any other earth, uh, Diggle is not allowed to be Green Lantern, even though that was the the promise of of his premise and it was been broken. Look, bring us full circle, right? Like this idea of going all in and not holding yeah. back. It's like, I mean, I, and I look, I don't know behind the scenes politics if this is that they, you know, we're saving this for that HBO show that who knows if that'll ever happen or like, I mean, I don't know, but it's just like, why are you doing, are you teasing this for years? Because, basically because of the, the just awful running of, the business side of things and the creative side of things in a lot of ways by the people at Warner brothers, DC, like, and, 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 and discovery. Like that's, that's, that's what it is. Like they, they mishandle so much of this stuff. It's amazing that we get the quality that we do get um, when there's a whole bunch that's not. And then there's some stuff that's upcoming. That's also not. And there's some stuff that's upcoming that I'm not excited for. Um, It's, it's, it's a wonder that some of the stuff that they do, that is good is good because like they just uh, I could not be any more um, I guess uh, it's the word I'm looking for uh, n- unconfident in their ability to, to, to make good on stuff than I am at the moment. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's so frustrating and, and disappointing as a, as a guy who, if I had to go into the nerd nerd hall of fame, the hat I would wear would be a DC hat. But, but they make it hard. Yo, I, I has not has not been easy. It has not been yeah. easy being a fan of these characters, uh, for yeah. sure. Because they put us through too much, man. It's like, and and when it's seemingly it's so much easier in other places. It's just like, dang it, like why? Like why is it so easy for like 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 Invincible came out last year, right? It's like why is this so easy for, why was this so easy? Like the boys has a lot of success. Why is this so easy? 
look at Marvel's success, it's like it's you don't really need to talk about it. It's obvious. It's like why is this so easy? Like why? Like why? Are, and and it's like why are you guys so bad at this? Like it makes no sense. I, and I absolutely. I you know I've said this before, but it's like whenever Kevin Feige has one of his presentations, right? And he puts up the, yeah. his, that PowerPoint with like all these projects that are coming out, this unified yeah. universe across film and TV, all these projects years into the future, utilizing the most obscure characters. It's like what? How, how is it that we're like starving for a Superman movie? It's like, yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, like some of that stuff, I'm like cool with, and other parts, I'm just like, all right. Well, I mean, I'll, I'm going to see it because you have like your your track record speaks like it has has garnered my attention and garnered my confidence. Uh, but like if this if the roles were 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 reversed, right? And DC was on top of the world, and we had all the stuff that Marvel has. We'd have we had our own theme park at at some th- at some place. All the merch, all the love all everything right i'd be so obnoxious this is probably this is probably best it's probably best that we don't have all this because i would be so obnoxious about it uh, i'd be like i am about like uh how i am about the astros and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of people who are tired of hearing me talk about the two-time world series champs but um but that being said it's probably for the best uh because i'd be i'd be like i would be like the people that we don't like the don't like on the internet who are like like rubbing it in people's faces about like how good they have it uh but that doesn't mean that i don't want it <laughs> no I, I hear you so i mean as far as this reveal like we so we get this confirmation in the season two finale it's not on the same yeah. earth what's your reaction as you're watching that and has it changed in the time since initially it was disappointment because you know we know where they came from right we know where tyler hecklin debuted as Superman, he debuted as Superman in the Arrowverse, um, and Lois debuted in the Arrowverse, <laughs> um, and so, and everything was pointing to like that. This is you know, there's a possible connection. There's ways that they could have you know done it and, and revealed it. But at the same time, it, it's probably for the best that this is separate, especially considering that the Arrowverse at the point at the when this show debuted, the Arrowverse was beginning its 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 end. Right, they started to slow up and go to the end because when this show started, Supergirl was about to end. Um, Flash was like was kind of was kind of limping towards its its now final season. Um, Black Lightning was going to end. Uh, Legends was on its last season, so like everything was everything was and Arrow was already over, and so the Arrowverse as a whole was starting to feel the effects and the absence of Arrow because. Arrow really like it is the show that started it all, but it's also the one that held everything together. It's the it, it was the grounding agent for everything else, um, and so and it was something that I noticed after Arrow ended, like watching the other shows, you could tell something was missing. Gotcha. Uh, no, that all makes sense. I, I I'll, I'll be honest. I was when we got that scene, I was relieved. I was happy. Mm. I was, I was honestly, I was hoping for this because I had soured on the Arrowverse mm. uh, as much as I had, again, had, uh, and, and that's the thing. I feel like a lot of times when it comes up on this podcast, I, I sort of, I don't necessarily speak of it in the, the most glowing of terms, but it's like, I really enjoyed it for a really long time, uh, mm-hmm. really through crisis. I mean, leading up to it, I, it was a little shaky, but uh, crisis I thought was a terrific achievement um, but I was at the point where, like you said, a lot of stuff was wrapping up anyway. And, and my interest in the remaining shows was, was, had, had really, you know, declined to put it mildly. Like I wasn't watching the other shows yeah. and I just sort of felt like 
Superman and Lois was doing something different and special, right? And we've talked about that again. I think the, the you know the way it's the way it's shot, the you know the stories that they're telling, the the focus on the family and the community. It's just it's different, and I just wanted it to remain its own thing, and I didn't feel like crossovers would necessarily benefit it. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, it, it would take away. So the idea that it would be on its own made total sense. Also, you know, we're at the point now, especially in season two, and we get a you know, the same actress playing Lucy Lane, but like a totally different version of the character. Yeah. We have a different Sam. Like there were enough instances now where things were different and you can chalk a lot up to crisis, but at a certain point, mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of pushing it a little bit. And finally, though I don't see this happening, I guess with the exception of uh, David Ramsey as Diggle, there's nothing necessarily to preclude them from bringing an actor back, right? As, yeah. as that Earth's version of that character. If Melissa Benoist was like, hey, I would love to do this again. I don't really see that happening. But it's like, mm-hmm. if she did, it's like, they could. So, they could. Uh, I, so I was okay with that. I didn't, I understand for people who, you know, like everything connected and it felt like a disappointment. And we definitely were jerked around. I mean, it definitely was headed in one direction and then they mm-hmm. pivoted. But uh, I was just kind of happy that this could be its own thing. No, and I, and I see that. And again, like I was momentarily disappointed, but I'm not like saddened that it's its own thing. I mean, I do like that it's its own thing. In my head canning, it's connected, but it's a, but at the same time, it's also kind of connected the same way that Supergirl was in season one. Different Earth, but same universe. It's fine. Right. Do yeah. you understand that concept? Yeah. No, absolutely. So, oh, real quick, uh, and I'm going to talk just as we as we close out here, uh, sort of hopes for season three, but uh, a minor thing, but I, I was... I was happy to have, as far as the, you know, Kryptonian parent offering guidance, I, I was happy to have Lara this season instead of Jor-El. No, no disrespect to that actor, but that was probably one of the weakest Jor-El's we've ever seen. Yeah, there's that. But also just the fact that, like, Lara is just such an afterthought. Like, it, when we think about the, you know, in, in like how she's been done in the history of, of, of Superman, she's such an afterthought. Uh, we hear all this stuff about Jor-El, but it's just like, well, like, you know, there's always that joke, like, I think it was Family Guy that did it, or somebody did a joke where it's like, Jarrell's like uploading his consciousness and all this stuff into the thing. So we can, and, and Laura's like, well, well, don't I get one? And it's just like, it's like, well, he, yeah, buddy. Like, why didn't you, like, why didn't you both like have a role in this? So uh, I'm glad that like we, she got a showcase in this. I think it also thematically, it, it really ties in with the show where same type of thing, right? When you look at the Kents, it's often the the wisdom of Jonathan Kent that we're shown more than anything else in this show, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it begins with the passing of Martha, and and yeah. as much as Jonathan has been referenced, you know, we get the flashbacks with Martha. You know, it's it's certainly at the outset, it was more about Martha and that influence. So I yeah. like the parallel now of spending more time with Lara. I think I it, it's perfect for this show. I love the note that we end on with the creation of this new fortress out in yeah. the ocean, and that it's going to be for all of them. Uh, he throws John a bone. He's like, look, there's a lot of great Kryptonian tech uh, mm-hmm. that you can play around with. Uh, so as we head into season three, uh, again, we what do we know? We know Chad Coleman, right, who played Tobias Church, and of course, Walking Dead and Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on allegedly to play Bruno Mannheim. We'll see who he's, yeah. who he's actually playing. He actually is. We'll see who he, who he actually is. Uh, we know we're getting a new actor playing John. Yes. What do you, how do you, let me ask you this. Do you want them to acknowledge it in any way? Do you want them to be like, oh, John's been at the fortress for weeks. Like, and he comes back like, oh, it's like a different person. Or do you just want them to, uh, I mean, I, I kind of expect them to do something like that. Um, just to, just to break the ice, like kind of like, uh, Don Cheadle in, uh, Iron Man two is like, look, it's me. I'm here. Let's deal with it. Move on. Right. Like 
perfect. Like <laughs> that's, that's all kind of needs to be said. Um, uh, recasting is weird, um, but you know, it, it happens. I'm not exactly sure what his reasons are. He said it was personal. Um, so I, I do like though that I, I did get to meet the, the, the OG fraternals, um, uh, the summer after uh, season two finished uh, at, at, a, at a con in Dallas. Uh, and I'm, you know, I met uh, Tyler and, and Bitsy as well. So, so like, and then the funny thing is like a couple months later is when that news came out that he was leaving the show. It's like, Oh man, well, I'm glad I got to meet the, the, the OG cast. Um, but uh, season three, uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going with, uh, with, with, Tobias, with, with, with our guy Tobias, that's for sure. And also, we had some news, you know, this week as of this recording. Uh, Lex Luthor is going to be here, so um, yeah, <laughs> we have we finally have a Lex in this universe. Superman needs Lex, and if this is going to be the last season, you got to go Lex. Yeah, and Michael Cudlitz. I mean, I, I I like this casting. I loved him on Walking Dead. I never watched Southland, but I always wanted to, uh, which I know he okay. was on with Ben McKenzie. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, like, I I. I don't know him from anything. Um, like I, I know that he's like, he's one of those people who's like, Oh, he's an actor. I know he does stuff, but he's not in, like, I've not watched the stuff that he's in, uh, <laughs> which I think is interesting. So uh, wouldn't have been my pick, but uh, we'll see how he does. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah, I know that was very recent news. I know the timing of this was perfect. I was like, all oh, right, great. Right yeah. before we record. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm happy to, to, to see the show put a spin on Lex again, especially if this ends up being the final season. Um, that you know, we do have a trailer, and that there's mm-hmm. this this uh, you know imagery of Lois standing in front of the Daily Planet as as the building's crumbling and the globe is falling, and uh, fans online put it side by side with the cover to Action Comics 700, mm-hmm. part of the Fall of Metropolis story. And yeah. I don't know if they'll do something like that. Uh, again, you you know, look as much as I was talking about how you know the bait and switch can get a little a little little tiresome maybe at, at times to their credit. It's like, you never know exactly what they're going to do. And even when you yeah. see something that looks like such a clear reference, it's like, Oh, they're doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't know. So you know what? Yeah. I tip my hat to them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It keeps you, it keeps you watching. And that then, then that's the goal, right? Is to keep you watching. Yeah. Do you have any other, any other hopes or, or, or wishes for the season? Anything, especially if this ends up being the final thing, is there anything like they haven't done yet? They're like, ah, oh, I really, before they go, I really hope that they do this. Uh, throw like a couple of supervillains, right? Like for him to to have like a either a couple episode arc with, or like see him deal with them like before doing something else, right? And like you could, I could see, I don't know, like Metallo could be done. Like that's somebody that's somebody that 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 you can use uh, a live wire. That's the you know uh, TV shows, especially genre stuff like using stuff with electricity. It seems to be easy to do. I think they figured out the finances, <laughs> like how to do that financially. Um, so I think that's something that could work. Um, or even like a toy man, like even if you have to do if the like a Smallville type of version of it or something like that. Like you could be creative by like with toys and stuff like that. Um, I think. I think seeing some Superman villains would be cool. Like some, like some of those, like just a little bit of a, like a, him dealing with a little bit of rogues, right. That'd be cool. Um, and then like uh, flashbacks to him and, and Lois when they were at, at, at the planet, like, cause that episode where they did that is so cool. And the fact that he's wearing the Fleischer suit, uh, it's just like, that's something I never thought I'd see in live action. Uh, and it looks amazing. So uh, more of that, even if it's one more episode, just one. 
Well, they, you know, usually again around episode ten or so, like in the first season, they gave us that whole flashback, and then season mm-hmm. two was the Bizarro episode. So they, you know, yeah. around that point in the season, they give us something, something special. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll get some. I would be happy with any of the things you laid out. I agree about sort of pulling in more rogues, whether they're, you know, a big bad of the season or just someone he deals with quickly at the top of an episode. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it could it could be something kind of quicker, but you get to see the character. I mean, look, I've said so many times on this podcast, I love the conduit character, Kenny Braverman, right? This, this former okay. classmate who has this grudge against Clark and, and learns that yeah. he's Superman mind-boggling to me that Smallville never did a version of this, so I feel like this this would lend itself well to Superman and yeah. Lois. I would be happy with that. I don't think we'll ever, I don't think anyone will ever listen to my wishes for Conduit, but <laughs> but uh, but that would be cool. I also, I believe this season Clark and Lois are going to be working together at the at the Smallville Gazette. Okay. So I like that, and I would like, I, it would be great to see Clark in town more. And interacting yeah. with more people. And I guess now we'll get that with him and Chrissy and stuff like that. But it would be cool. Mm-hmm. Like when he sets John Henry up with that uh, with that new place and, and the new, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, shop, he's like, oh, like a friend of mine is renting this place. Like, who's a friend? It's like, I mean, I would yeah. love to see more of, of his life Kenny. in town. Yeah, it's Kenny. There you go. Oh, man, that writes itself. Uh, is there anything we didn't talk about uh, with season two that, that you wanted to? Um, I think the only thing that we've kind of – didn't have mentioned yet is the whole the Lucy stuff yeah. with Allie. Um and interesting take uh that Lucy was the like because she's always the oddball sister, right? And she's always like and oftentimes I think how her oddballness manifests is different in with every in- incarnation. So sometimes she's the wild child, sometimes she's um, you know, the degenerate, sometimes she's, you know, gotten into a cult, sometimes she's just like, you know, uh in lockstep with her father. Like like who knows? Like she's just like oh like she's kind of a blank slate for them to do stuff but like you get exactly what it is like she's very malleable in that way and so this was a nice way of 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 kind of doing that uh it was always great to see Jen Duan uh I have no problem seeing her on screen so good on them yeah 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 I know we didn't really didn't talk much about that but maybe that's telling I, you know I was like what yeah. we really liked or didn't like about this season yeah this whole business about this inverse society this alleged self help group slash cult. Uh, that mm-hmm. Allie is leading, and then you you, know, you, you get the larger picture. Uh, I, I, I I'm on board with everything you, you said about Lucy, uh, and you know, getting getting more of that insight into the Lane family dynamic and and everything that they went through after you know the, the mom left and everything, and it was interesting. Also, again, and we'll wrap this up because I know we're we're past an hour and a half now. But just real <laughs> quick, at the beginning of the season, I, I did think it was kind of interesting, and it was surprisingly like uh, there was a depth and nuance to this um, Lois's reaction to Natalie. Right. Because yeah. we have, you know, months have passed and, and Lois is really closed off and we're not sure. And, um, you know, she, of course, she knows that Lois Lane was Natalie's mother on on, on, that, on that other earth. But you know, what she articulates to Clark is that she looked at Natalie when Natalie got out of that pod, the way that Lois's mother looked at her uh. and Lucy when they left, when she left. And she knows what it feels like to be looked at by your mother or who you think is your mother and to not see that love, not see that connection. Mm-hmm. And she did that to... And I just thought, uh, I remember when my wife and I were watching that and I don't know that my wife was totally sold on that. She's like, what? And I was like, no, I think, I think it, I think this works. And I, I, I thought it was an interesting angle and again, was an opportunity yeah. to sort of go in a little bit of a different direction than just the obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was cool with the whole, that means we're totally going to see the mom in, in this last oh, yeah. season. We should, I mean, that's, you know, as far as wish lists, I mean, I feel like that's something to a little bit of business to, you know, to maybe put a button on, you know, something. Yeah. 
Oh, but as far as like the inverse society and, and all of that, I mean, it's interesting that at first glance, and certainly Lois's take is that Allie's just full of it, right? And then mm. early on in the season, you realize, oh no, she is actually right in the sense that like yeah. there is actually this other Earth. Uh, so that was that was kind of a fun bit. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I guess I just there was something, and I I wish I could articulate this better because I don't have. I, there was just something that was off or missing for me with the Allie character. I don't know. Mm. So, you know, we mentioned that is a character from the comics. And uh, at the end of last year, I, I reread the Greg Rucka run on Adventures of Superman, which introduced this character. There's a villain, Ruin, who basically took these twins, the Alston twins, one of them was Allie, and turned them into parasites. So there were two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a relatively short tenure in, in the Superman books. Uh, and again, in terms of characterization and motive, very different. I mean, really just we yeah. got the name here. Uh, but so, so I don't know if I was looking for a more recognizable comics counterpart, if I was looking for something different in the characterization, I don't know what it was missing for me, but I just, it was a little, she felt more like a device to me than a character. Yeah, It's, it's, it's a bit of that. And then also the fact that like some of our own projections of what she should be and what she was really after, I think played a role in that. Cause again, we talked off top. Like my first thoughts of her before we got like all the real information and what what it actually was was like oh this is Granny that, that, and so that could probably colored some of how I was watching this. That's fair. In fairness, though, too, I did like that she learned her lesson in the end. Yeah, you know when Lois has that final talk with the two of them who have now been split, and it's mm-hmm. like, did you find what you were like? She's preaching that you'll feel complete when you merge. Yes. Right. And it's like, did you? And she's like, no, like I felt joy for a moment. It's like, well, that's not, that's not the feeling that you were preaching. So I, I, yeah. you know, I, I did like that. That was a, uh, you know, I think a satisfying enough resolution to that. Yeah. Listen, this, I, we, I, I think we were fairly thorough. I'm sure there are, you know, moments and beats and, and stories, obviously that we, we didn't get through every single thing, but I think we, uh, we, we really touched on a lot for this season. I mean, yeah. I, I really, I enjoyed it a lot, even more upon rewatch. I think this show is Tremendous. I mean, I think it's really, you know, one of my favorite takes that we've gotten on the character. And I just hope yeah. we get a, a strong third season. And if it's the last one that we can really hold these three seasons up and say, this is a great, complete story. Yeah, I agree too. And like, this is, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but it's like, if they, if they can, if they could, if they could finish strong with these three. And if this is the end, it's like, all right, we're in, we're in like daredevil territory, right? Like, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. There's something to, there's something to be said for that. Uh, So of course, always hold on to arrow available Mm -hmm. on all major podcast platforms and social media. What is is there any place in particular you want to direct people or anything you want to sort of tease or, or direct them toward? Um, Yeah. uh, Follow us on Twitter. Um, uh, We're at do not fail our pod. Um, You know, like, you know, like share the podcast, (laughs) do all those types of things. Um, And, you know, at this point we're just kind of, not really stalling but we have some content to cover before we get into season six but uh, uh yeah this is an interesting time with the show because we we finished season five and everybody knows and remembers season five fondly but the next two seasons are kind of like a, a dark spot for a lot of people because he, this is they either fell off right after five and they were just like all right well, cool I'm, I'm done i'm gonna move on or they were already off after you know four and so uh so yeah, six is kind of a blind spot for some people, uh, and and for us as well because like in you know arrows is only recently gone, and we started the show pretty quickly after the show ended. So I didn't do a rewatch of anything yet, and the stuff I have rewatched is seasons one and two. So this is going to be interesting when we get into six and seven to see um, 
see what things are like. And then, of course, eight uh, when we get there, uh, the final uh, wrap up epilogue at season. Well, I look forward to your coverage of those seasons. Uh, I guess I have some mixed feelings about those seasons myself, not not unlike mm-hmm. fans. But I'm sure you'll find, like with all of this stuff, you know, perspectives might have changed, right? As you go back to it after some time, and I'm sure there's more. Yeah. I'm sure there's more good stuff in there that you know maybe forgot about that will be like, mm-hmm. oh, like okay, like that was that wasn't bad. Hopefully, yeah, we're about to get even more dragons, though. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Good luck. I look forward to, look forward to listening. <laughs> uh, but really, Lance, thank you for your for your time and your insight. I really appreciate uh, you coming on to talk about Superman and Lois. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. My pleasure. All right. So thank you, Lance. Thank you, audience. Always appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you come back next week for our next all-new episode. As always, it's about what you do. It's about action. This show is part of the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network. Home to Digging for Kryptonite, another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman, Summoning the Zords, and My Comic Shop History, available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review today. Sign up at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato for additional content. Thank you all.